Jamie Mackay is host of the country and joins us thanks to the team at Linton Contracting every couple of Fridays, or every second Friday is the best way to say that. Jamie, good afternoon. Welcome to The Last Day of Work. Yeah, uh, lovely to be on the muster, Andy, and I love Billy Mack. I love Love Actually, and Christmas is All Around is one of the great songs. Yeah, well, we talked about this last year, actually. It's the go to yeah. the movies, in my opinion. Oh, it's the best Christmas movie. Um, I I watch it every year. Also watch The Castle. Um, love that. And and Die Hard. No no um, Christmas is complete without watching Die Hard. Great movies. Poor old Bruce Willis. He's on his last legs. He's not looking too healthy, is he? No, it's just it's life, Andy. We're all getting older, and you just can't take uh, good health for granted. You see someone like that who was an action hero, and and look at him now. He's got. Uh, what has he got? Dementia, and he's and he's literally on his last legs. Made some great movies, Bruce Willis. Can you remember the TV program that actually put him first into the public light with Sybil yeah, Shepherd? With Sybil Shepherd, what was it called? Moonlighting. Um, moonlighting, and that uh, in the eighties. The, th- the theme song to it was was it Al Jarreau or someone did the theme song? Well, I couldn't tell you who sang yeah. it, but it was very um, very saxophone eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was good. I mean, of eighties, it reminds me of Miami Vice. There you go, Don Johnson and whatever the other guy's name was, who were the Miami Vice guys. Really cool. They used to wear their jackets with the sleeves rolled up and the acid wash jeans. That's how you rolled into the Riversdale pub after a hard day on the farm, was it back in the eighties? <laughs> no, honestly, well, I might have worn the acid wash jeans in the eighties after a, after yet another sterling victory over Belfer. We we weren't only a better team than Balfour, we were more sartorially, we were better dressed. Anyway, <laughs> Philip Michael Thomas, he was the offsider. He was Tubbs. Yeah. Don Johnson was Crockett. Crockett and Tubbs. Yeah. Crockett and go. Tubbs, there we go. You've done well looking that up, Andy. The farming year has been and gone, although it continues for a lot of people, especially the milk's got to still get going through the vat, Jamie. And another interesting year, to say the least, from a dairy farming perspective, I suppose, um, glass half full with the GDT announcement on Wednesday. Yeah, I think dairying, you know, and it's a cliche, the word green shoots, but I I think this positivity, we're finishing the year on a positive note because you remember the doom and gloom in mid-August when we had that GDT auction that fell, uh, what, 7.5%. I think whole milk powder fell 10%, and all of a sudden we're staring down the barrel of a $6.75 payout, which is loss-making territory for nearly everybody. Well, that has improved, and, you know, we're going to give, hopefully, $8 a bit of a nudge if this continues. Um, It's 2023, I think, Andy, for farmers, has been as tough a year as any I can remember, probably going back to the 80s, because everyone has been whacked, especially by inflation and, obviously, interest rates. It's bloody hard to run your business when you've gone from I don't know, 3%, 2.5%, 3%, perhaps on some of those fixed loans, out to 8 I mean, you're coming off a fixed loan and maybe floating at 8 or 9 or maybe even a wee bit more. It's brutal. I think back to 2008, the year 2008, prices are very similar. Uh, we looked at ewes. You could buy six-tooth ewes at clearing sales or even four-tooths for about $38, $40. But nonetheless, I think it was $3 on the hook from beef and a fat ewe, you were lucky to have got $45, $50 on the hook as well. So very relevant. But wool was a bit stronger. I think wool was about $310, $320 for um, strong wool. Yeah, and um, you're right, that's the GFC sort of period, but you just think of the on-farm inflation, the cost side of the ledger that has just ballooned, uh, you know, out of all proportions since then. So, 
Yeah, not looking good, and and uh, you can't polish a turd, as they say. Look, um, the sheep farmers, it's a real battle out there at the moment because you've got the double whammy of low wool prices, let's be honest, terrible wool prices, and then lamb, which has been pretty good for the past four or five seasons, all of a sudden, um, you know, I was talking to a farmer mate of mine the other day who killed 19 kilogram lambs, great lambs, you know, pre-Christmas, yeah. and he said he averaged $5.80 a kilo, and I said, well, the schedule's higher than that. He said, quite rightly, well, what's published and what you get are two different things. What's published is as if everything grades and hits the mark. So, you know, $5.80, under $6 a kilo for lamb. So there's... Great lambs, 19 kilos, and what did he get, 108 or $110 or something. So very hard to, to make the numbers work. And it's such a great product. The only positive out of all this, Andy, I think, is that uh, hopefully Kiwis get a bit of a taste of lamb this Christmas because lamb is now suddenly an affordable Christmas option. $8.90 and, a kilo at the yeah. moment at the supermarkets. Get a leg of lamb for 20 bucks. Yeah, it's amazing. But once again, hopefully we can stimulate some more domestic uh, consumption. It's a bit like venison. I think venison's a wonderful meat, but we, we, I don't think we've done, or the industry's done a great job uh, promoting it domestically. Maybe it's just too expensive for people. But if we can encourage domestic consumption instead of chicken, as long as we don't, it's not a race to the bottom, I think that's the one positive to come out of this. But in summary, the farming year that was, has, and climatically it's been challenging, especially in the North Island, um, the, the positives are dairies looking up. I think horticulture, especially kiwi fruits, looking pretty good. Viticulture has had its highs and lows, but obviously the horticulture people have been slammed by the weather. So, and, and beef's probably been okay. Beef's been a bit of a constant. Ag person of the year, you just announced it previously. Um, there's been some great people come through in the farming field, hasn't there, and put their name up in lights, and rightly so. Yeah, well, the, the, my Ag Person of the Year last year was Wayne Langford, and honestly, he was close to getting it again because the guy has boundless energy. I think he's a great front person for Federated Farmers. He's just an inspiring sort of person, along with his wife, Tyler. She's equally, they're just energiser bunnies. Um, but my Ag Person of the Year was, was Emma Paul, and everyone will have their own um, different ideas on this. Uh, one of my correspondents mentioned Megan Whitehead and Sasha Bond. What they've done is outstanding. But I think Emma Paul, uh, the first woman to win the Young Farmer of the Year, and, and she's smart, she's intelligent. This is a woman who's a, a dairy farmer, a veterinarian, and a young mum to boot, and she gets all this into her days, and she's a great front person for ag. In fact, her whole family are rather inspiring. You know, her older brother was the young farmer of the year last year, and her husband was runner-up last year. So there's some pretty good genetics in that Danjan sort of Paul family. I'd expect uh, Chris Paul and, and Emma Paul to produce a pretty good farmer, you would think so. Because that's been talked about for years, having a female win the Young Farmer of the Year. You talked about it quite a bit over the last few seasons, and it came to fruition. And we can't underestimate how big this is in the scheme of things, can we? What no, have they achieved? And they didn't dumb the competition down, because that was always the worry, that they were going to dumb the practical side of it down to make it easier for a woman to come through. Because there is always that one disadvantage of physical strength. And Emma Paul, uh, she had her moments in the practical final, like she had a real problem hitching up 
to a bailer, but she was very proficient in those practical skills, and she got there on merit. She was the best young farmer. They didn't dumb the competition down for her. And I just think of, you know, people like her. And when I was in Hawke's Bay, I met um, Patrick and Isabel Crawshaw. They uh, Pat was a, a finalist as well. That's the guy who basically had to chop her out to do his regional final. Uh, and his wife, That's Isabel, right. yeah. yeah, who's Jock Hobbs' daughter. And I'm thinking, you know, young people like this, they're in their late 20s, early 30s, they are inspirational, and we've always had good young people coming through in ag, but we've got a bunch of really dynamic young leaders out there, and that's what agriculture needs. Because the problem with farming, Andy, as we all know, the average age of farmers, especially sheep and beef farmers, is in their late 50s, early 60s almost. So we need to get the next generation through, but it's not going to be easy. We'll leave it there, Jamie. Have a great break. Enjoy these chats, and we'll catch up in 2024. Have a good one. Yeah, you too, and enjoy a MacKaiser on me. Thanks, mate. Jamie yeah, Mackay. See ya. In the country crossover, thanks to Linton Contracting. Andrew Cochran out of NS Fets is up next. This is the Muster Friday afternoon. Here's some Billy Mack.